are listening to Chaos on the Set, a chaotic TV and film review podcast, and it is time for what I think all of our hosts today will think is the most important podcast of the year. But let's introduce them first. I'm Shruti. I'm Mike. And of course, we have our honorary guest, the smartest person I've ever heard talk about the Oscars, and my favorite person to talk to about the Oscars. Jessie is back to help us with her predictions. Jessie, thank you for coming back. Oh, thank you for having me. I love being here. And thank you for that intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into, you know, the nitty gritty, what is going to take home all the major awards this Sunday, because, you know, the three of us are so enthusiastic about the Oscars and so many people very often roll their eyes at Hollywood giving themselves their own awards. I just wanted to get off, you know, the bat, just having a room of love because we are enthusiastic about it and not disparage the Oscars. You know, at the end of the day, it is Hollywood giving themselves awards, but we love it so much. And I want to throw to y'all. What makes you guys love Oscar season so much? What uh, what makes this the most important podcast of the year for you? I'll let Jesse go first on this one. Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up in a house of movie lovers, which helps. And right in my couch in my living room, there was a giant poster. And they still sell it. It's basically a poster with all of the Oscar winners from 1927 to 1985. And so my entire childhood was spent like staring at this poster and memorizing it and looking at it and I wish they made like more current posters I've looked and looked and and they don't have it but I just have so many memories of asking my dad about the movies and and him showing us um the movies I think I was probably one of the only kids at school when asked like who's your favorite movie star I would say like Cary Grant (laughs) and um you know my father my parents you know we watched a lot of the classic you know children's movies but we also watched you know like arsenic and old lace and uh singing in the rain and and we grew up on on kind of like older movies and and black and white movies we lit we actually had a uh, a family vacation to san simeon um in hearst castle and we watched citizen kane and and like literally planned like an entire (laughs) family trip around it so i've always been just really fascinated about movies and fascinated about the oscars and the glamour of it and my mother always won her like Oscar pool at work, and and so it's just always sort of been in my blood, and and I, I love it so much. I love watching all the nominees. I love watching you know the the short films and getting um, just like immersed in it. And and I I also enjoy like the gamesmanship, you know, um, yes, just, like the predicting, and 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 that's just so much fun. Um, so it's 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 been in my blood. I I think it, it's hard for me to disassociate my love of movies and my love for the Oscars. Yeah, mine. I have similar feelings, but my I guess my um, love for the Oscars has sort of evolved over time. Um, you know, so when I first started, I guess really paying attention to the Oscars, it was more out of a place of intrigue, right? I wanted to see like what are the biggest films what are the the what are the awards going to because like that was letting me know as a moviegoer um you know what do i need to then go out and seek and what do i need to watch it was when i was like less in tune with with everything with film as i was younger but you know as time went on i think um and i became more passionate about film what i loved about the oscars was the competitive aspect to it, right? Like, I wanted my favorite film to win. I wanted my... I wanted Daniel Day-Lewis to win for Phantom Thread in 2017. Um, So it was, like, things like that um, that really drove me. And then even further on top of that was when, you know, in college, I think is when I maybe 
with Shruti's help, probably participated in my first Oscars pool. You're and then welcome. Got, <laughs> got into the uh, betting aspect of it, and now I just love predicting and, and going and being along for the ride. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as both of y'all. I mean, I love the gamification of this. You know, we get to see all of the Guild Awards happen, the Critics' Choice and the suspense builds, and we get to speculate wildly about what's going to take home the big trophy at the end of the day um, and be either delighted by something that we expected or truly shocked by something that we did not see coming at all. But it makes it so much more fun. Um, But then on a sappier note, I love how the Oscars really help us, like, look back on the movies of the year like yes it's more of the like oscar movies but this year especially there are a lot of more commercial movies nominated than i haven't seen in the past and you get to look at the movie nominated and like remember where you were. like i remember watching everything everywhere all at once this past april and being blown away but being like there's no way it's gonna get nominated for an oscar and now <laughs> look at it it's a front runner I, I remember seeing elvis last june and then going to a party afterwards and like doing the he's white bit but like now that we're getting into the oscar season i'm like reflecting on that time or the time i went to see marcel the shallow shoes on with all of my coworkers and we cried the whole time or when i saw top gun maverick four times in theaters and every time i brought someone <laughs> knew I was so excited for them to watch it and for me to watch them watch it but I just love the way that the Oscars really let you look back and reflect on the last year of movies and you know it is a little bit sappy and obviously not everyone is as psychotic as me in the sense that they denote specific times in their life based on the movies and shows they were watching at the time but I think it still does let everyone reflect on the movies and shows or I guess not shows but reflect on the movies they watched the past year and you know Get excited for a new year of movies. But anyway, let's get past the sweetness and back to the cynicism, the cynicism and the gamification of it all um, and make some predictions on the categories. Mike has all of them listed, so he will be our MC for the evening, um, kind of naming the categories and the nominations. And let's get into it. Dressed for the occasion, even though none of our listeners can see it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, we'll post it on our Instagram, ah. but Mike did put on a suit just for the Oscar nominations. <laughs> Just for this. So, our first category of the evening, Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Oof. And the nominees are Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Hong Chao for The Whale, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inishirin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um... This, to me, is, I think, the—we're starting off with a big one, in my opinion. I think this is the toughest race to predict because it can go—I mean, some races can go any way of two ways. There's not many that can go three ways, and I think all three are extremely, extremely close. Um, Yeah, I I think the conventional wisdom was that this was Angela Bassett's— um, to win or to lose, I guess, um, after the Golden Globes. Um, and then Carrie Condon won the BAFTA, and then Jamie Lee Curtis sort of surprised everybody and won the SAG. Although, in retrospect, maybe it wasn't as big of a surprise, just everybody loves her in the acting community, and she's a, a, nepo, a self-described Nepo baby. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, and and every, with everything everywhere all at once doing so well, if it was to sweep, right, it would grab a supporting actress nominee uh win as well 
So it's it's I I this is the hardest category I think I think you're right, yeah. and I and I will just add that um, odds makers also have Angela Bassett as the favorite. Um, however, it's extremely tight between Bassett, uh, Carrie Condon, and Jamie Lee Curtis. They're all actually plus money, which is uh, for betting fanatics out there is a rarity that all of the favorites are, are actually plus money. Um, so it's certainly tough and it's interesting too, because looking at this list, I think SAG is typically more or less the best predictor of success in the Mm -hmm. acting category. So I do want to, to lean Jamie Lee Curtis on this one for that reason, but it's so split that it's... Yeah, I mean, I think. I just, sorry, sorry, I've been talking. About you go, you go, you go. Oh, sorry. So you're right. I think SAG is a really good predictor because actors are the largest branch of the academy, and so normally SAG would be the biggest predictor of you know how that body is voting. But also, BAFTA has a lot of academy voters as well, including that international contingent, which is getting larger and larger in the academy, and that's where Carrie Condon won. And where Angela Bassett won was the Golden Globes, which doesn't have any overlap in the Academy. So I think that's why the conventional wisdom outside of the betting markets would be it's either Carrie's or Jamie's. But it's tough, right? Because Jamie is also nominated alongside Stephanie Hsu for the same movie. So they might split the vote ultimately with everybody loving everything all at where everything everywhere all at once. And Stephanie Hsu arguably having the better performance, that might kind of split the vote and I a lot of people would argue that this would be a win for Jamie Lee as a person and a career rather than the performance because this is sort of the weakest performance of the bunch it's a good one but maybe not the best also an interesting stat is for the last eight years beginning with Patricia Arquette and Boyhood supporting actress has been the only win for the film um, and I think a lot of people oh, wow. are thinking that Banshees isn't really going to win anything else now and so this would be Carrie winning for Banshees would be the only Oscar for Banshee's movie everybody loved um so as sort of representative of that film I can a lot I could see a lot of people being like I really loved her performance I really loved the movie what can Banshee's this award it's so weird to me because I remember when people were talking about Angela Bassett Oscar buzz I texted Jesse and was like there's no way she's getting nominated right like people are just talking because they need to talk and Jesse was like well the women talking women are all gonna cannibalize each other I don't know and then I feel like Jesse almost convinced me months ago and I just haven't let it out of my mind now that Angela Bassett is gonna win even though you're right she has not won an award awarded by Academy voters. I just feel like she has so much momentum, also probably going to be Black Panther Wakanda Forever's only award. It's really hard to get over the marvel of it all and how many people have actually watched this movie, but I just feel like she has so much momentum. I drive by an FYC billboard for Angela Bassett every single time I drive to the theater. I, it might be stupid for me to be like, this Marvel actress is going to win, but I still think she's going to win. I, I'm going to go. I'm just going to put my prediction out there. I, I'm going to go with Jamie Lee Curtis wow. on this one. and Well, I'll tell you why, right? Because I think my philosophy when it comes to betting and predicting the Oscars is that in a majority of categories, right, the, the favorite is going to win a majority of the time. That's almost how everything always goes is the favorite wins more often than not that's why they're favorites you know the success in predicting the oscars is 
being in the right place at the right time, picking the few upsets throughout the night that are going to happen. Now, I don't know if anybody winning in this category between those three actresses is, is that huge of an upset because it is close. But the reason why I'm picking Jamie Lee Curtis is I think, you know, historically, SAG has to get at least a majority of the acting performances, the four acting performances. SAG's got to be right on at least half of them, right? I can't imagine SAG just being, like, wrong across the board when it comes to the acting performances. And I'm going to predict some upsets later wow. on. Wait, are so you I'm saying gonna Kate? Go, are you going to say Kate? Spoiler. I might. Wow. I might. So I, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Jamie Lee Curtis on this one because I think SAG needs to be right. But I will say Carrie Condon, prior to today, actually, this whole week I was saying Carrie Condon, and I just switched because Carrie Condon, to me, is reminiscent of when Anthony Hopkins beat Chadwick Boseman and the only thing he had won prior was BAFTA but it was late breaking and it happened so I do I do see the carry vote out there but I'm, I'm gonna stick with Jamie Lee Curtis if you're going Angela Bassett that's so because if I was gonna say one of SAG was right supporting actress or actress I would go actress but you know to each their I'm own I'll, I'll beat you <laughs> okay we'll see you make a really good point too Mike in that I, I don't know the exact stat, but the idea that a movie could win Best Picture, Best Director, and I know we haven't gotten there, but also three acting nom like or three acting wins, or like would be unheard of. It, 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 the it, everything <laughs> three, everyone all at once would have to acting wins is a lot. They would have film. to be breaking like. A ridiculously large amount of stats to walk away with as many Oscars as they are currently the front runner for, which is, has never happened. Which doesn't mean that it can't happen, but so, but that's why we can predict the Oscars because there are so many stats. So you know they do align a lot. So I do think people go down the list, and I think some people go, "Wow, I loved everything everywhere." I'm going to say it for everything, but some people are going to say, "Well, I'm going to spread the love around a little bit." I like Banshees. I like this. I like that. And so I think that in addition to your point, um, that's where the carry win, I think, could happen. I'm right now I'm going Jamie Lee. I think everybody likes her. Wow, I'm um, so shocked you guys are both Jamie. <laughs> now I'm all conflicted. Ah! Now I kind of want to switch to Carrie to be it's different. Tough. It's tough. No, it's <laughs> tough because Angela would give the best speech probably. So it'd be like the best show. Um, Her career, like it, it, it's hard because we're going to give – I think if, if we give arguments for someone like Brendan Fraser to win the award, it would be almost the exact same arguments that we give for Angela Bassett, right? Like, story career, yeah. like, messed up in the industry. Like, and it's it sucks that for one of them, it could be, like, this is why they're going to get it. And for the other, it's going to be, like, this is why they're not. And it sucks even more that it's, like, a woman of color who very much deserves this award and who was screwed over by the industry after she won her first Oscar. So... It's it's a messed up situation. Uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be scratching this one off and replacing it on my ballot all week long. I'm locking it in like Sunday, like five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Best actor in a supporting role, and the nominees are Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan for The Banshees of Inisherin. And K. Huai Kwan for everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, this has got to be one of the biggest locks of the night, right? And I don't use the word lock lightly because at the Oscars, 
nothing is ever truly a lock, especially, you know, in this age, we've seen a lot of upsets. Um, but it's the closest, one of the closest things to a lock that we have. Yeah, I remember when Kihui Kwan got nominated, he did an adorable interview where he's like, wow, from this moment on, like when my name comes up on the screen, it'll say Oscar nominated Kihui Kwan like it does for other movies. And I was like, Ki, it's going to say Oscar winner Kihui Kwan. And I still think that I, I feel like we can fast forward through this category. If somebody else wins, that would be is somebody Insane. bold enough, Jesse, you bold enough to predict a Barry Keegan, <laughs> BAFTA? <laughs> no, I think Banshees has sort of had their yeah. moment past. I think if, if there it was a time where everything could be going to Banshees, and I didn't really love that movie, <laughs> so I was never going to be the one advocating for that to happen. Um, but it, it, it never happened. So I, I, I think BAFTA was... I get what they were doing, but no, it's Kiyu Kwan. All right. Well, it sounds like we can fast forward then. Uh, our next category is Best Sound, and the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun, Maverick. I will say, uh, according to Vegas Odds Makers, the betting favorite in this category is Top Gun Maverick, which should please Shruti. It pleases me. I love Top Gun Maverick. I want it to win awards. I think this is probably its best chance at winning an award. I agree. I think this is the one that Top Gun Maverick is going to win. I get a little nervous about All Quiet just because people love totally. giving oscar sound awards to war movies i haven't seen it i will never watch all quiet on the western front i apologize <laughs> but that movie was not made for me um so it's <laughs> no it was not i loved it but it was not made for you right now i have all quiet winning sound because of everybody who sees war and like and i think that's the conventional wisdom does ring true like 99.9 percent .9 of the time but that's like not factoring in a movie that's like not really about war but it's about the machines that like commit war like atrocities <laughs> <laughs> talking about these movies in tandem is wild fabric <laughs> like, is also a war movie technically yeah <laughs> yeah yeah in, in a war against more of a man's, more of an, 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 man's hubris yeah. versus like it's a death dream. More of a military industrial yeah. complex movie than a war movie. But yeah, I see your point. I do think editing and sound are usually linked together, but this is also a weird one because I don't think that Top Gun will win editing. So I, I think this is one where it will be splitting, whether that's Top Gun or All Quiet. Um, yeah, that that threw me a bit too because, like you said, they're they're – so linked almost every year the the winners of those categories correlate um obviously throws a wrench in it a little bit the way that sound both of those awards combined because a lot of times i feel like we would see sound editing and mixing split in many years um but it's tough because everything everywhere all at once which i think is correct me if i'm wrong probably the um best challenge to to top gun for editing is not nominated for sound so it's like it'll be tough to correlate when even the nominees don't match up um but i really want top gun to win and it is the favorite so i'm gonna stick with the favorite that's my official prediction for this category i'm with you mike i'm voting right. top gun maverick i'll i'll be the all yeah. quiet contingent here <laughs> yeah i mean it's War. definitely a real it's a real upset alert i think it's it would be 
one of the less surprising upsets throughout the night. Next category is Best Cinematography. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. And I should note that All Quiet on the Western Front is the uh, odds front runner for this race. And then Elvis won the American Society of Cinematographers Award, which is like the Cinematography Guild Award, uh, making Mandy Walker the cinematographer for Elvis, the first woman ever to win that award. And she's also the third woman to get nominated for an Oscar for cinematography. That being said, All Quiet wasn't in the ASC Awards, considering it's probably not in that guild. And so it's tough to actually use that as a predictor. Um, also, uh, you know, I've read that names of cinematographers don't show up on the ballot. It's just the name of the movie. So I think that Mandy Walker give a woman an Oscar <laughs> push won't actually really help. I doubt many people know that stat, so I think I'm going for All Quiet here. Yeah, All Quiet won the BAFTA as well as the British Society of Cinematographers Award for Cinematography here, and I think that's where... I mean, people clearly like this movie, you know, so... Um, mm. yeah. I think that you guys are... I'm in agreement with you that I currently have All Quiet... Um, and if, if Mandy did win the Oscar, she'd be the third woman to ever win. Or no, she is actually right now the third woman ever nominated for the Cinematography Oscar. <laughs> Stats are horrible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, All Quiet was uh, not a huge surprise, but it definitely was one of the headlines when the Oscar nominations came out, how many it got and how popular it was. And I feel like it, it sort of rode that wave from BAFTA. So... I expect it to do, you know, quite well across, you know, a lot of the technical stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think we're all in agreement on this one. Next category is Best Documentary Short Film, which I believe, Jesse, you are our only expert on this one. So we will really just leave the prediction to you on this. But uh, without further ado, the nominees are The Elephant Whisperers, Haul Out, How Do You Measure a Year?, the Martha Mitchell Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. And oddsmakers have The Elephant Whisperers as the favorite. I really like The Elephant Whisperers. It's like 40 minutes. It's on um, Netflix. Um, so if you want like a lovely movie about a couple, an Indian couple, like raising baby elephants, like definitely watch it. It warmed my heart. And I, I hated the octopus teacher movie. So, you know, that's sort of where I come from. And I that was my favorite of all of them. I will say Hall Out is wild and worth watching. Um, I don't like it's it's about this like I don't know, I don't I don't want to ruin it. It's on YouTube, you can find it. Um, but I the it's in the guy in it is Russian, so I think that kind of takes it out. Um Martha <laughs> that one is also on Netflix and it's really interesting. My favorite is by far Elephant Whisperers, and like if you have like a heart, I think that you would agree. However, Stranger at the Gate is um Malala is behind that and the the they're doing a very good job of campaigning that um and it's it's one of those like it's about a U.S. Marine who's plotting to like bomb a mosque and then like spends time with the people at the mosque and like ends up not doing it oh it's, god <laughs> it's when I yeah it's it's exactly that it's saccharine and like but people love that shit right so 
the Malala behind it and the campaigning could make Stranger at the Gate like a an upset. So it's another one that there's no right answer. Um, I guess like. So what's your official prediction? You going with your heart or? Right now, I'd say Stranger at the Gate, just because I'm feeling cynical. But I, but if I'm voting for the one that I like the most, it'd be Elephant Whisperer. Well, uh, it's good to know. I didn't know they were on Netflix. Usually, I the local theater here, an independent theater, shows like all of the Oscar nominated shorts, but they are currently closed due to changing ownerships. I wasn't able to watch this year. Oh. The only one that wasn't available anywhere is the How You Measure, mm. like, whatever, a year, and I have heard Well, it doesn't look like it's going to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, our next category is Best Visual Effects. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. Uh, in this category, Avatar The Way of Water seems to be a pretty heavy favorite, which honestly is is no surprise. Um, I mean, that's really the bread and butter of James Cameron and Avatar. The first Avatar won for visual effects back in 2009. Uh, is there any chance for an upset in this category, do either of you think? I mean, I don't think so. If you're looking at guilds, Avatar The Way of Water also won the Visual Effects Society top prize, and like basically any other nom- any other category was up against it got outstanding animated character for Akiri, outstanding effect simulation for the water simulations, outstanding composition and lighting. Like, I think the way it swept and also like the way everyone will look at Avatar The Way of Water and be like, yeah, that's the visual effects one. I don't, I don't see anyone else taking that award. Agreed, yeah. All right, easy does it then. Next category, one of my personal favorites, Best Animated Feature Film. The nominees are Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots' The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Um, And can I just say before we get into the the specifics of this category (laughs) that... I am just super thrilled this year, um, and it's it's nothing against Turning Red is Pixar, correct? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, it's nothing against Turning Red because I did very much enjoy that film as well, but I'm very excited to have non-Pixar films front-running this category because I feel like in years past, the Academy is too eager to just hand the award constantly to Pixar. Well, last it, year it didn't go to Pixar. Encanto was not a Pixar movie. And well, it was but it was Disney, right? Close enough. We sure. But then also we have Into the Spider-Verse which won recently and that's Sony. Um and funnily enough, Across the Spider-Verse was supposed to come out this year and was supposed to win the animated feature, but lucky for you, you little Pinocchio head. All um, right. Well, you're destroying <laughs> my narrative here, but in general, I'm just very happy uh, to see Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and Marcel the Shell with shoes on, um, both getting uh, time in the spotlight. I adored both of those films. Funny enough, when I saw Marcel the Shell, um, I declared like in my letterbox review, this better win the the Oscar for animated feature film. 
I got very caught up by that <laughs> film. I completely forgot about Pinocchio wow, coming out. Wow, you loved a movie so much you forgot about Pinocchio. That's crazy. I mean, they came out they came out months apart, to be fair. I know, but I, I have a clip that I'm going to play soon that from our podcast in February. Okay. Should, should I just play it right now? Hold on, hold on. And okay, then, and then <laughs> when I saw Pinocchio and I went back and I read my review, I said, oh, shit, I need to recant my statement because <laughs> I really want Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio to win. But, yeah, sh- Play this clip that is very clearly going to condemn me. No, actually, oh. it praises you, but I think you owe me some credit for making you okay. lock in this bet. This was, ba- again, keep in mind, this is back when we thought Across the Spider-Verse was going to come out this year um, and win. So anyway, just give it a listen. Um, so are you locking in right now that Del Toro's Pinocchio will win the Oscar in 2023 will win no but i'm gonna i'm gonna lock in uh a nomination for sure okay well that's lame of course you can bet that i'll get nominated you, of i course bet that across it. the spider-verse part one will get nominated okay well there's only a there's only a couple <laughs> nominations and you just listed a dozen films okay fine <laughs> we'll let okay let's bet fine this. i'll go out on a limb and say that guillermo del toro's pinocchio will win the oscar okay let's and then i'll be wrong and then you can glow <laughs> because you picked the supreme front runner all right i didn't okay okay fine i understand i'm getting a lot of pushback here i can sense the tone of the room and people aren't happy right shruti's now o- shruti's over here picking duke to win the national championship big surprise <laughs> There's there's a good chance that though like if Lightyear is good enough maybe it could take uh, Spider Verse kind of for a ride if Spider Verse is not as good as the first one. Wait, what are you saying? Chance. If Lightyear is good enough, as if Turning Red is not in the competition? Oh, because the Academy is. Oh, a sucker I forgot for that. I forgot that it's gonna be eligible I, for next year. It just seems so we're early. We're experiencing that, like, Turning Red Erasure, and the movie is the only one out. The other movies haven't even come out yet. So I am glad that Turning Red still ended up getting the nomination over Lightyear. That would have been so stupid if Lightyear got not. Now Lightyear is not even close to the conversation, which thrills me because it was a lame movie. Um, But Mike, aren't you so happy that I forced you to bet? I am so happy. I I am I am so pleased that you pushed me to to that conclusion. Do you agree with me now in March of 2023? That was recorded in February of 2022, but now that we're in March of 2023, do you agree that it was a lame bet to say that Pinocchio will get nominated for animated feature? Well, hindsight is 2020, <laughs> certainly. <I knew> then. <laughs> okay, but to, okay, but to be fair, it was the year of Pinocchio. There was three of them. Okay, one of them who... was live action, and the Lionsgate was not going to get nominated. <laughs> okay. Well, regardless. Um, You're welcome. Is basically what I'm, I'm very. Saying. I'm very pleased. I completely forgot that <laughs> that I had made such a proclamation. But I think we can all agree that it is a very heavy front runner, and most likely going to win. On so, Sunday. are you? Will you bet now in March of 2023 that Across the Spider Verse will win the animated feature in March of 2024? I mean, will you? I mean, I'll I don't take, believe I'll in it, it that much. I'm, okay. I'm gonna take it. You're the one that believes in it, not me. <laughs> okay. I probably won't even go see it. I never saw the first one. What, Mike? It's the best Spider-Man movie. It's really good. I know, but I don't really watch superhero films. But I'll That's okay. Fair. I'll I'll watch it. Okay, I'll watch it. It's so it's, a, it it's truly a five star movie. It's on Netflix. I mean, it, may, it might have been pulled from Netflix, but it was on Netflix for a really long time. 
Um, but anyway, on this category, are we all saying, like Mike said in February of 2022, that Pinocchio is winning? In I'm a vision? genius. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually really enjoyed the Sea Beast, but yeah. <laughs> I actually did not watch that one. Sorry. It's really cute. It's on Netflix. But anyway, it's not Pinocchio. All right. Well, our next category, again, Jesse, we're going to rely on you for this one. Uh, best short film, parentheses, animated. Uh, the nominees are The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. That's one film. Uh, the Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, and An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It. Oh, I should also say, sorry, if we want to do guilds really quick. Uh, the Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse won four Annie Awards for Best Direction, Best Editorial, Best Character Animation, and Best Special Production uh, but Ice Merchants won best short at the Annie's. But the boy, the mole, and the fox and the horse was not nominated against Ice Merchants for the best short subject. So basically, it's up in the air. Jesse, tell us what's going to win. <laughs> I, I should, yeah. I'll I'll also just quickly note that the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse is the betting favorite. Yeah, that that one um, is on um, Apple. Apple right? Yeah, and so it's very easy, and it's based on like a children's story, and it has celebrity voices. I think it's like Atrus Elba. Uh, I didn't really like it. It's really saccharine. Um, but I think it's gonna win. Ice Merchants is like really wild. I think it's like eight minutes or something. It's on YouTube. It's worth checking out. The animist animist animation style is cool. My favorite's Year of Dicks, which is on Vimeo and really funny. I thought. I think it's on Hulu now too. Oh really? Yeah, they're all available online and they're all kind of worth watching i think some years the animated shorts are really depressing and upsetting which is always weird but this year they're all pretty like fun to watch um but yeah I, the boy the mole and uh the fox the horse that i think that would be my my pick ice merchants would be this su- the somewhat surprise uh runner up i think a lot of like really film nerds will tell you that that one's their favorite <laughs> what a what a great morning it was when the oscar nominations were announced and who was it? Rizamed had to read that one. Your dicks is really charming. I, I can't <laughs> wait for them to actually say it on air. It'll be interesting. Um, all right. Well, our next category is Best International Feature Film. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, which is from Germany. Argentina, 1985, from Argentina. Close, from Belgium. EO from Poland and The Quiet Girl from Ireland. Uh, according to Odds Makers, All Quiet on the Western Front is a pretty heavy favorite in this category, which I think is no surprise uh, considering that it also has a Best Picture nominee um, or nomination, unlike everything else. Also, it's projected to win other Oscars, unlike anything else in this category. That being said, um, there is one Oscars statistician Ooh. that I follow. His name is Ben Zausmer, I think is his name. Um, and I, you know, when I do my research, I, I don't try and put too much weight behind any just one predictor. I, I like to make my own conclusions and, uh, but you know, I do love to rely on expert opinion and theory and reasoning as well. Um, and I will say, according to his model, which has a pretty strong track record over the years, although sometimes international is a bit more difficult to predict than other categories, he has this closer 
as a closer race than you might suspect. He does have All Quiet on the Western Front as the front runner with a 37% chance to win, but his model also gives Close a 30% chance to win in Argentina 1985, a 24% chance. So, uh, like I said, but All Quiet, huge front runner with the odds, with the betting odds, but. Uh, according to his model, an upset here from Close or Argentina 1985 wouldn't be a huge surprise. But what are your thoughts? I think that if a movie is nominated for international feature and also best picture a la Parasite, a la Drive My Car, it's going to definitely win international feature. So I honestly thought we were going to fast forward through this category and just say All Quiet, Move On. But I'm, I'm glad you're making it interesting, Mike. I will still be locking in for All Quiet. So will I. Yeah, I know. I'm in full agreement. That's fascinating, though. Yeah, I will say, um, I, I'm predicting All Quiet on the Western Front. The only other film I've seen in this category is Close, although I've heard great things about EO, and I, I'd like to see it. Um, I will say, if you if you pressed me to choose between All Quiet or Close, uh, it would be a very difficult choice. Close was a film that I really, really enjoyed. I, I actually saw that in theaters with a Q and A uh, by with the director Lucas Daunt, um, very very touching, moving film. Um, but All Quiet was also great. Um, so I will not be upset if either of those win. All right, and that brings us to our final short category of the night, Woo! which is best short film live action. The nominees are An Irish Goodbye, Eva Lou. Les Pupilles, Night Ride, <laughs> and The Red Suitcase. You know I had to give that extra pronunciation flair for the Italian one. Uh, which is, the, I actually have seen Les Pupilles. It's, one of, it's like the only short film I've seen that's nominated, and I absolutely adored it. I watched it during Christmas. I thought it was wonderful. I also love that uh, director, Alice Rawwalker, or however you say her last name. So um, I hope it wins, although... Um, according to the odds, it is the runner-up to an Irish goodbye. But Jesse, what are what are your thoughts on this category? Yeah, this was the one where there's the fewest that I was able to like just see online. Um, but I saw Le Pupil, or I can't pronounce it, whatever. It was adorable. I totally agree. It's so much fun. Um, and I saw Night Ride, which I didn't really like. It's on. I mean, it's interesting, whatever. But it's on YouTube and it's short. It's like eight minutes. Um, but yeah, I think Alfonso Caron is like a, an executive producer or a funder or someone big behind um, the Italian one that I'm... Yeah, um, he's, I've, he's, I saw him pushing it on Twitter. Yeah, and it, it's funny. I think I saw him recently be like, people are asking me like what the moral is. He's like, there's no moral. It's just like a bunch of like yeah. school kids like messing around, <laughs> which is just adorable. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with that one. It's readily available and adorable. Awesome. That's what I hope wins. So your prediction is good in my book. It's tough, right? Because last year, the only one we got wrong was the stupid Red Robin short, which was like conventional wisdom said <laughs> would win because it was like more available. It was on like Disney or whatever. Um, and that was like the one we got wrong, which will like forever upset me. All right. Well, our next category is best costume design. The nominees are Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. 
I think it's Miss I know. Hari. I know it's I know. I know it's Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. It's supposed to Miss Harry goes. Miss Harry goes to Paris. Yeah, no, I did it. My joke didn't pay off. Apparently, you didn't get it. Um, this one I will say is, according to the odds makers, actually the closest race in terms of just like true odds. They have it as a dead heat between Black Panther and Elvis. Well, it's funny because everything everywhere all at once won the costume design guild for sci-fi fantasy film. Elvis won period and then Glass Onion won contemporary, which is not nominated. So we cannot think about that. But it's I don't know. My gut is saying Elvis. I think people really loved that movie. And I think Elvis will pick up these more technical awards that aren't like, you know, visual effects and sound and stuff like that. But when it comes to like costume designing, maybe production design, I, I kind of uh, lean elsewhere, but we'll get to that shortly. I, I see it uh, being the one that wins. I, I mean, I love everything about everything everywhere, but and the costumes are awesome. But I think Black Panther and Elvis have better costumes. Yeah. Just I, I guess like the case for everything everywhere all at once is like if it really turns out to be probably, you know, th- I think there's a there's a chance that this is one of the biggest Oscar nights for a film since like Return of the King, where it just wins everything, right? Like there's there's a distant possibility that that happens and it just like sweeps everything that it's nominated for including costume design um correct me if i'm wrong elvis won the bafta correct i, I don't know if anyone <laughs> I, I have it in my notes i don't know i did a lot i tried to keep up with research i have it in my notes that elvis won the bafta um so i'm going to give elvis the leg up over black panther for that reason um, although again, like this is, this is a dead heat that Ben Zausmer guy, he, he has Black Panther slightly ahead, but I think like when it comes to a prediction, you know, anybody filling out a, a, a prediction sheet, you might as well flip a coin. Yeah, I think the one, first Black Panther mind. one, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Black, I was about to be annoying and say, well, Black Panther has already won costume design. Black Panther True. Wakanda Forever, the movie that's nominated this year. But what if Angela Bassett loses? I, but I feel you like know, people like, don't make decisions that widely between yeah. supporting actress and costume design. Like, I see it in Probably the acting not. categories and the best picture and director, et cetera, or even screenplay mm-hmm. to that for that matter. But when it gets down to these more technical ones, I don't think people think that far. But again, all, all we're doing yeah. is thinking about how people think. So so what's everyone's official prediction? Then? I'm, I'm, saying saying Elvis. Elvis. I'm saying Elvis. Nice. Okay, Elvis across the board. Wow, y- y- unanimity for... Uh, a tight race, but we'll we'll go with it. If uh, if we're wrong, our listeners can't blame us. Um, <laughs> For any of these. Ne- yeah. Next category is Best Writing Original Screenplay. The nominees are The Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. Uh, according to odds makers, everything, everywhere, all at once is the favorite in this category. Although I will say, its lead over um, over Banshees is is a slim one. It's not a huge favorite. Yeah, everything, everywhere won the WGA, but Banshees wasn't 
eligible for that so it's hard because usually I'd be like whatever the guild say goes but you can't really make that um I think it goes to what your point was earlier that everything everywhere could just sweep everything but also people I do think in writing people may say well Banshees I really liked it I want to give it something I know Martin McDonough personally I want to work in his films so that's why I think it's so close, um, and I do think it is closer to toss-up, but I'm going with everything everywhere here. I honestly saw a world where Tar won uh, a couple months ago. I thought, like, you know, it's I love the Tar screenplay so much. Like, as somebody who truly does not care about music, I was captivated. I was like, tell me about how you control time, Kate Blanchett. I will eat all of these words up because, like, I mean, obviously the way she delivers them are stunning, but the writing, you know, they had to make talking about composing interesting for two, over two and a half hours. That said, I think it's lost the momentum that was there. I see a world where, again, let's give Banshees an award, let's give them screenplay, but I'm I'm betting on an everything everywhere sweep. This one, This one is so tough because, like, I look at it, and it's a very close race between Banshees and Everything Everywhere all at once. But, like, the historical data just tells you it, it's going to Everything Everywhere all at once, right? I, most years, the Best Picture winner also wins whichever its respective screenplay nomination is, whether it's adapted or original. Um, and... It's not like this is unprecedented. Eight other times a film has won Best Picture, Director, and Screenplay all in the same night. Most recently, uh, that was Parasite. So I want to say everything, everywhere. This is going to be one of those where I stand on the hill for the underdog because I think Banshees needs to win something and because I predicted against Carrie earlier I'm gonna go with Banshees for this work but I'm digging myself a hole where I'm either gonna be like right about everything or I'm gonna be like wrong about six things because I'm letting all of my other <laughs> predictions impact the the others down the line well because yeah that's the way we're like oh well if uh if Kate wins actress then what do oh sorry if Kate doesn't win actress which I'm betting that Kate will not win actress sorry spoiler alert then is targeting nothing like that's bonkers to me it's tough right i love tar I love her i love tar so much <laughs> i mean i love the fable of it Yo, the, people people Tony were too deserves yeah, it. People were too harsh on the fablemans i think i would give it to kushner it has the annoying baggage of people who are like i don't want to watch a movie about hollywood and it's like watch the movie yeah, it's, it's not, not about, about hollywood yeah. that, that's the, the, the only time i'll mention it I won't even mention it during director, but I also might mention it during director. <laughs> I mean, you have to mention Steven Spielberg. I will allow you to mention it, Jesse. Oh, certainly. <laughs> Thank you. Once upon, I'm allowed to mention Steven Spielberg, regardless if he's nominated or not. So our next category is Best Writing Adapted Screenplay. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick and Women Talking. And Women Talking is the odds maker favorite. Uh, it also won the Writers Guild Award. But All Quiet wasn't eligible. I want her to win this. 
yeah, yeah, that's why it's tricky. But I want her to win this so badly. Women talking, like, adapting a screenplay from, like, something is such a different skill than just, like, writing. You know, like, it's not just, like, was this well done? It's, like, well, look at the source material. Look how she took this, like, short, upsetting story of literally <laughs> just women talking and made a cinematic masterpiece from it. Like, like so few people can do that. I'm... And, like, the fact that in the book, like, it's the man narrative. Like, it's just the the smart thing she did. Like, if you're going to the... This is the one time I'm going to be like, don't think about the game. Think about <laughs> the art. And so this is me thinking with my heart, even though, like, you just said that it's, like, the odds aren't favorite. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I really, really want her to win this. It's kind of a shame that women talking has fallen the way it has because it's so good jesse can you expand a little bit more on the adaptation choice in case people aren't familiar of you know changing the narrator i just want everyone to understand the brilliance of sarah polly yeah i i i like very much so in the book it's narrated by like the only male character and like the way he's viewing the story but she like flipped it and it's it's like told by the women it, it's very well done it's very smartly done the women are talking <laughs> the women are talking um i i think honestly maybe i'm betting with my heart too although i didn't love women talking as much as jesse did i still think it's gonna win i think sarah polly has been doing a good job like she made fun of the women are talking thing like she's fun to have on a stage and I hope people put her on that yeah. stage on Sunday. Unfortunately I haven't seen it yet because the availability in Syracuse, New York has not been great. It literally I had like one chance to see it and I missed it so um, hopefully soon enough but yeah for me when in doubt like I said earlier go with the favorite. It's a healthy enough favorite for me to, to back it in this award so sounds like we're all on uh, we're all in it together with women talking. Our next category is Best Music, Original Score. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, score by Volker Bertelman, Babylon, score by Justin Hurwitz, The Banshees of Inishirin, score by Carter Bur- Burwell, Everything Everywhere All at Once, score by Sun Lux, and The Fableman, score by the illustrious John Williams. Um, the odds favorite in this category is Justin Hurwitz for Babylon and can I just say I need to rant here for a second (laughs) and Shruti knows what I'm going to rant about because I texted her about it yesterday I loathe Babylon I loathe it I I really do and the more I think about it the more I loathe it like I came out of the theater thinking like okay I didn't like that you know I thought it was gimmicky but now reading and knowing how much the hive is about it like makes me hate it even more and it's like i want to press back against that like anytime like my friends talk about babylon i just i'm like this movie sucks like you're wrong like i hated it um okay but but the score is great the score the score is i think the babylon score is gonna be my most listened to soundtrack of 2023 see here's my issue though is the score is very good. Like, if you just listen to it, the score is very good. They're using it in, like, the Oscar promo material I saw on Twitter. That being said, for me, score is so intrinsically tied 
to the film. Like what I, what I think makes the best scores is that they they match the film and they evoke something in you. So it's hard for me to like the score when I hate the film so much. And even though it is the odds-on favorite, and I'm really going with my heart here, and, and this is the one category I'm going to go with with my heart and not my head, um, I'm going to predict All Quiet on the Western Front because I think it has a decent enough chance percentage-wise and odds-wise to win. And I actually really liked that score. It was minimalist, um, but effective in, in my opinion. And uh, just to call out Ben Zausmer, again, this is actually a category where he gives pretty much everything a chance oh, wow. to win. Uh, Babylon, 30%. All Quiet, 22 Fableman's 19 Banshees, 18 And Everything Everywhere, All at Once, 11 So I guess according to the model, nothing would truly be a surprise, uh, even though Babylon seems to be not a heavy favorite, but a, a favorite nonetheless. I mean, I'll say despite loving the Babylon score and not seeing All Quiet, I'm betting on All Quiet just because of the way it's been favored in what I've read. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually have seen recently stuff about Everything Everywhere's score potentially winning. I think there's like a bunch of stats out there that, that back that prediction up. So I think that's a valid prediction. Um, All Quiet, I really did love the score. It's wonderful. And one of my favorite Oscar predictors, Ann Thompson, and Gold Derby, she has it winning for score. But right now I have just Hurwitz winning for Babylon in my predictions. Just like you said, it's just ubiquitous. It's like literally everywhere. The kid is a phenom. I, I really like for him to work with someone else other than Damien Chazelle. I think that he's extremely talented and like obviously they have like a connection or whatever, but I think that he probably needs to work with someone else. <laughs> um, and other people might see John Williams and just like be like, yeah, but that guy so yeah certainly like that that name would not be a surprise even like carter burwell he like he's he's been around uh you know he's he's an accomplished uh what's a what's a composer 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 wow lydia tar lydia tar she would be so ashamed of you (laughs) but yeah i despise babylon too the last hour is practically unwatchable uh it, uh, yeah. I love singing in the rain so much. And no, it, and this, this, and it this made me so mad. <sighs> and it's just like at the end of the day, it's going to irk me if Babylon not only wins Oscars, but there's a chance that Babylon could win more Oscars individually than Banshees, than Tar, than Fablemans, and it might win more than all three of them combined. Okay, but it's winning the small ones. Like, come. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, this is competitive for me, and I hate it. It's really unfortunate how terrible a movie it is and how certain people online are championing it. A certain, like, fond Shennessy. <laughs> I'm not a fan, but... I roll. It, there are some scenes I like, but... Ugh. They're few and far between. Our next category is Best Film Editing. The nominees are The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Tar and Top Gun Maverick. Everything Everywhere All at Once is the odds makers uh, favorite in this category, although a Top Gun Maverick is not too far behind. And Top Gun Maverick won Best Edited Feature at the Ace Awards. Uh, Everything Everywhere... Sorry, Top Gun Maverick won Best Edited Dramatic. Everything Everywhere won Best Edited Comedy. Um, I feel like oftentimes, especially at the Oscars, the 
movie that has the most editing wins like do you remember when bohemian rhapsody won in 2018 despite everyone pointing out how terrible the editing was um but then there's like that commentary on oh when you're given crap to edit and you make it something salvageable you know that deserves an award i think that was like a way of people were thinking uh, so I say all this to say that I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, I, I think that Elvis could win just because, again, it feels like the most editing when you just watch it. But I, I'm, I'm going to bet on Top Gun Maverick just because, again, I just think Maverick needs to get some awards at these Oscars. And, and if it's going to be something, it's going to be editing and sound. I mean, I would argue that Everything Everywhere kind of has the most editing. and it, That's true, too. Because it's just, yeah. and it's done really, like, seamlessly. Like, all, like, the cuts, like, in between. Like, the amount of, like, work and effort that must have, like, had to go. Like, that, like, I don't know. I, I think that's why I think Everything Everywhere will win editing. To, to me, this is, I'm torn in two camps, right? Because, like, I've been preaching all night long. When in doubt, go with the favorite. It's going to win a majority of the time. Um, ben Zausmer's math has it in the lead. I keep referencing him, but I, I like looking at these percentages. But at the same time, I love relying on the historical data. And there's a few facts here that just really stick out to me, right? Um, first of all, we talked about earlier, a lot of times editing and sound go together, and I'm predicting top gun for sound so um i i should predict it for editing a film has not won an oscar for film editing without a nomination for sound since the departed did it back in 2006 and by that criteria elvis and top gun maverick are the only films with nominations in both categories so according to that stat you can eliminate everything everywhere even though it is the favorite um and the best editing Oscar has not coincided with best picture since 2012. So if we think everything everywhere is winning best picture, it's another stat going That's against That's such a it. weird stat because so there's the, also that stat that you need to get nominated for editing in order to, to win get, best yeah, picture. It's, 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 it's you can paradox. really twist stats any way you it's want. It's a paradox. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go with Top Gun. I'm going with Top Gun even though it would be a, a slight upset. So, Shruti, you said Top Gun, and, and Jesse, you're sticking with everything everywhere? Yes. All right. Diversion. I said Top Gun a, Maverick. Good thing. Sorry, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> My apologies. Top Gun came out 36 years ago. Okay. It would be hard for it to win an Oscar. The way you knew that, right off the top of your head. 36 years. She's been counting. Yeah. Uh, our next category is Best Documentary Feature Film. The nominees are... All That Breathes, All the Beauty and Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. And Navalny is the betting favorite in this category with Fire of Love, the predicted runner-up. I was surprised to see that Navalny was favored. I mean, I won the PGA and the BAFTA, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But I don't know. If, maybe it's just because Fire of Love has been around the longest that in my mind it's just been favored in my head. I'm going Fire of Love for this. I think I think people like it. It's readily available. I guess Navalny is on HBO Max, but Fire of Love has been on Disney Plus for months now, and I think people like it. I mean, it's in a different language, so um, 
that might defer some voters from checking it out but i'm going for yeah. fire of love i will say i i watched fire of love i thought it was it was good like i i, I didn't think it was great um this is it's a tough one i think it's a pretty close race um i want to lean navalny on this one because i feel like you know the oscars in recent years have been a bit political um and right navalny is i haven't seen it but i'm assuming it's kind of anti-russian uh considering the topic matter and uh you know with with everything that's going on over there with the war um i could see this being sort of like a statement award um so i'm going to stick with the the front runner even though it's tight i'm going to predict navalny yeah, I'm going Navalny um, for the reason that you said, Mike. I think everybody hates Russia right now for obvious reasons yeah. and wants to, like, use an opportunity to say it through art. Um, and I think there was, like, Icarus. There's, like, been a lot of, like, anti-Russian documentaries that have won in the past. And I agree with you, Fire of Love I liked, but it doesn't really say anything. Yeah. It's just nice um, to look at with all the volcanoes. <laughs> Yeah, um, I really didn't like all that breeze. Ugh, it's a very octopus teacher. Um, and all the beauty of the bloodshed is real good. Um, people should check it out. And I didn't see the Splinters one. It's not available for free. Our next category, and I won't rehash myself on this one, but Best Production Design, the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis and the Fablemans and Babylon is the front runner odds maker in this category. It has won the BAFTA, the CCA, and the AVG. Elvis is the presumed uh, runner up. I think it's Babylon. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I'm deeply sorry. And this is like. I thought Babylon was going to be the, like, Nightmare Alley of the year, and I thought I was going to get an Oscar nomination, and I'm glad it didn't, although my prediction was wrong, which still makes me mad. Um, but this was, like, the Nightmare Alley award last year, so. Yeah. I'm, I'm also predicting Babylon. Um, you know, I do think between this and, and score, I think Babylon has a clearer path to victory, although it could very well win both. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Babylon. It's a heavy enough favorite for me in this category. So we are all, uh, have a, have a consensus there. Uh, next category, best music, original song, applause, or the nominees are, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it sounded like I wanted applause for myself. Uh, the nominees are applause from tell it like a woman music and lyric by Diane Warren. Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, music and lyric by Lady Gaga and Blood Pop. Lift Me Up from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, music by Thames, Rihanna, Ryan Coogler, and Ludwig Gornson, lyric by Thames and Ryan Coogler. Natu Natu from RRR, music by M.M. Kiravani, lyric by Chandabos. This is Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once, music by... This is A Life, please. <laughs> music... Oh, this is A Life. What did I say? <laughs> this is Life. Oh, this is A Life. I was reading too fast. <laughs> this is A Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Music by Ryan Lott, David Byrne, and Mitski. Lyric by Ryan Lott and David Byrne. Who, can I just say, I adore David Byrne. But 
I'm predicting Natu Natu in this category to win. Yeah, I think that Natu Natu is so loved, especially when, you know, it's up against Rihanna, Diane Warren, Lady Gaga, and people are still like, Natu Natu is so good. Like, it, it'll be really hard to lose when it's in the conversation with such heavy names and, and still still winning the conversation. It's so funny Diane Warren was nominated. <laughs> I know. What is it now, 14 losses? And that she won, or- like, the Governor's Award this year, too. Jeez. We should something. say sorry. 14 nominations, not 14 losses. We should be happy for her 14 nominations. I, I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, I have hold my hand on upset alert. Uh, Ooh. So if it does win, I look like a genius. And if it doesn't, I still officially predict not to. Not to. <laughs> I can have it both ways. Uh, our next category is best makeup and hairstyling. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front. The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. The Whale is the odds front runner in this category. Although Elvis won the BAFTA CCA and uh, MUAH, uh, this stands for makeup and something else. Makeup, makeup Artists and Hairstyles List uh, Guild. Elvis won Best Period Character Makeup and Best Period Character Hair, uh, but special effects makeup went to the whale so kind of split and there's a there's a history too of this category sort of correlating with um acting nominees particularly in biopics Mm -hmm. which kind of narrows it down to the whale and elvis um i'm gonna go with the whale i'm just gonna go with the front runner here right now i have elvis Ooh. Um, although I, I'm very tempted by your point about it correlating, but it, so does Elvis. This is kind of a tricky one. Um, I just feel like people, I think the, the conversation on the whale has simmered. The conversation on fat suits and so many of these, um, movies that are nominated. Wait, hold on. Fat suits specific. I'm changing my nomination to Elvis. Uh, <laughs> I got yeah I, yeah my prediction yes my nomination I have a vote no I'm changing my prediction to Elvis <laughs> I got I wasn't thinking straight and got my words jumbled I'm going with Elvis I think I'm also gonna go with Elvis yeah damn it <laughs> <laughs> all right well Elvis it is even though the whale is is the front runner we're all going with the upset here my austin butler thirst is already on record of this (laughs) podcast unfortunately although i will say it's a very slight favor this is probably the the second or third closest race uh just by pure odds standpoint so not a huge uh limb to go out on to say elvis here all right, now we are really getting into the meat of it, the final four categories. Woo-hoo! We're going to start off with Best Directing. The nominees are The Banshees of Inishirin, uh, Martin McDonough, Director, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner, Directors, The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg, Director, Tar, Todd Field, Director, and Triangle of Sadness, Ruben Ostlund, Director. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and The Daniels are the very heavy favorite um, in this category. Uh, I don't think it's 
you know, I, I would be shocked if any of us predict otherwise, but I will say, despite predicting the Daniels to win, I actually think Todd Field wow. could be the one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just have a feeling that Todd Field could be the one to sort of uh, make an upset in this category. Um, best picture and, and director don't correlate as often as you think they would. You know, you would just assume, like, the best picture, you know, was the best job directed. Um, but since 2012, those two categories have split six times, which is about half. Um, so, I don't know. I'm just, I have a feeling maybe by Sunday I'll have the guts to formally predict Todd Field, but... Um, Right now, he's my my choice for upset alert on the Daniels. I just think, like, I think there was a conversation a couple months ago that this is the award that the Fablemans would give, like, you know, give Steven Spielberg the directing Oscar for directing his own life. But the fact that he lost DGA, like, the king of directors lost the Directors Guild Award, I think it makes it the Daniels to win. I know that in the past 74 years, there have only been eight instances where DGA and best director at the Oscars did not match up. So that makes me even more heavily just say the Daniels are winning this. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in the agreement with you. I, I think that I, I thought that if Spielberg was going to win anywhere, it would be the DGA even over the Oscar. And so the fact that he didn't makes me think that, it's the Daniels, which is fine, but, like, Spielberg really doesn't have as many Oscars as one might think. <laughs> and he directed the shit out of Fablemans. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. It is wonderful. Yeah. But I whatever. I loved that movie. Ugh. Yeah, because I you should... have taste. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Actually, real quick side note, I was lucky enough to go to a screening of it at Museum of Modern Art with a Q&A afterwards with Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, Judd Hirsch, and uh, Gabriel, what's his last LaBelle. name? LaBelle. So Steven oh, Spielberg yeah, didn't show wonderful. up. This is why you're losing the nom- No, there's no Ste- yeah, Steven. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Steven, you got to show up. Neither was, pa- neither was Paul Dano. <laughs> Paul Dano was mad um, he didn't get nominated. <laughs> yeah. I will say, it, just to further my whole Todd Field tar thing, I think his odds of winning percentage wise are a lot better than the like sports book odds are giving him so if you have like five bucks to spare and want to take a risk to turn five bucks into 150 i would do it i just feel like if if tar is gonna win something i see it winning screenplay over directing even though it's not like i don't Mm. like the everything ever all at once screenplay like everything ever all at once is my favorite movie of the year but I, yeah. I I think I'm just I I'm so I'm more impressed by the writing of Tar, maybe because I'm just so normally bored by music and I was so enthralled by mm. the screenplay that I don't know I I don't I if it's gonna be an upset I think it's gonna be in writing not directing. Yeah, I mean look I wouldn't bet the house on it but five bucks I, you know yeah. I take a chance. All right, next category this is this is another juicy one. Best Actor in a Leading Role. The nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inishirin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mezcal for Aftersun, and Bill Nye. Nye? Nye? I don't know. Nye. Bill Nye for Living. Um, 
this really is cracking up to be a three-way race between Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser. Maybe you could even argue a two-way race at this point as as Colin Farrell's maybe dropping off a little bit. Um, Brendan Fraser is the odds maker's favorite choice. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm gonna predict. I'm gonna predict Austin Butler here and 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 say that SAG is wrong. All of my favorite Oscar prognosticators are saying Butler. Um, and it's interesting because the minute that Co- that Austin Butler won the BAFTA over Colin Farrell, I was like, that's it. Like, it's everybody else go home. Like, it was astonishing to me. Like, if Colin Farrell can't win the BAFTA for Best Actor, then there's absolutely no way that he would win the Oscar for it. And... I definitely see why, like, SAG in particular would be more into giving Frasier an award over, like, hot new thing Austin Butler. You know, Frasier has such a good narrative behind him. Everybody seems to love him. Um, There's an interesting stat here that since the expansion of Best Picture lineup in 2009, only one Best Actor winner has been from a movie that was not nominated for Best Picture, and that was Jeff Bridges and Crazy Heart. So... Mm. So the, I, I read that same stat. Yeah. yeah, so the odds are very much against Frasier winning. Um, and I want Austin Butler to win for some reason. I'm, like, weirdly invested in his campaign. I think oh, because, like, I wonder why. <laughs> well, I obviously find him aesthetically pleasing. Um, I loved him in Hannah Montana. And I thought his performance was fantastic. It's a really hard role to play. And I wish people would stop making fun of his voice. That's not... <laughs> like it was you know it, it it was funny at the time but like let the poor kid like move on with his life well uh, didn't his like muscles like change because of the voice and like he can't change it now well, yeah, voice like, coach has said he can change back now but he has like permanent yeah. damage or something from like, like singing that. yeah i mean he'll be yeah. in dune and i'm really excited for that performance um and he's I, like, if he does the voice in dune i'm gonna be upset. i would love it if he did the elvis voice in dune yeah. <laughs> that's gonna Sorry, be dune part spectacular two. oh yeah but all that to say is my gut was saying Frasier from literally the beginning. I think his narrative is so good. But everyone everyone I really respect in the Oscar world is still saying Butler. And I think so that I, don't know. I feel like um people love to award actors playing famous musical legends, Remy Malik won, Renee Zellweger won, so I think that Austin I remember when we were doing nominations and Jesse said Austin Butler is going to win. I was like, ha, good, good luck, Jesse. But no, now I'm on, I'm on Team Butler. I think the BAFTA loss for Farrell really made Butler a lock. Yeah, people thinking that Colin Farrell is going to win Best Actor, I think, are on the same playing field right now. Not to say it like wouldn't happen, but I don't think that's the ball game we're playing right now. Yeah. Sorry. I think, I think it's funny enough because I, I think when we did our Oscar nomination podcast, our early predictions, we all chose somebody different but um yeah even in a tight race we all have sort of the the same thought here with with austin butler so we will see but this is it's just crazy to me how like three out of the four categories this year are extremely tough to predict and and i'm not going to be surprised either way with with what happens here and um same thing with best actress in a leading role which is our next and second to last category here 
The nominees are Kate Blanchett for Tar, Ana de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riceboro for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Michelle Yeoh is the odds front runner in this category, although it is very close with Kate Blanchett. I feel like for me, I guess in the Twitter sphere that I am in, um, you know, after she won SAG and then following up the Spirit Awards, just like everybody is seemingly behind Michelle Yeoh right now. And I think a lot of people, majority of people are predicting her to win. But I don't, in my opinion, it's not as much in the bag for her as as maybe some people think it is. I, I still think it's an extremely tight race. It's it's hard to write off all of the success Kate Blanchett had prior to this. Um, and really for me, like I, I rewatched Tar yesterday and was astounded by that performance. Um, I, I think Kate Blanchett gives the best performance I've seen by like anybody in in a really long time at least a few years probably for me probably since Anthony Hopkins and the father which was like four years ago but it was not um, four years ago or three years ago sorry was it three years ago I remember watching the father in the house that I currently live in and I don't think I've lived here I think it was three years ago I don't know I could be wrong but it's it's one of the best performances I've seen in, in a while um and I'll be heartbroken for for whichever one of them does not win because I think it's a very unfortunate timing that they have to go up against each other because I think they're both extremely de- deserving. Michelle Yeoh um, it deserves it for her performance alone, but also for her her career's work and and not being nominated nearly enough as she should have. And Kate uh, Blanchett is also one of our all time great actresses, so it'll be heartbreaking either way whoever loses i do love how much they love each other i think they're the best thing to watch this award season is their support of one another my long soliloquy aside <laughs> i am going to say sag is going to be wrong i'm, I'm gonna wow. bet Kate blanchett on this one i am she's my girl she's on my mount rushmore i gotta stick with her sorry I don't think I'm betting with my heart when I think Michelle Yeoh is going to win. Like, obviously, my heart wants Michelle Yeoh to win. No, I think you're betting with logic. Yeah, like, it just, the momentum feels so intense for her. The narrative of being the first woman of color to win this award. It's it's just so good. And I honestly think Kate wants her to win. I it From the way Kate has Probably. been acting, I think Kate Kate's believes, voting for Michelle. Yeah, and I think people see that Kate wants Michelle to win, and I think for that reason, Michelle will win. Yeah, I think it should be the second woman of color after Halle Berry. Oh, sorry about that. Um, but, I mean, still, like, that doesn't, like, diminish, like, the accomplishment as well as the, like, damning of how terrible of a set that is. But yeah, I think you're right. A lot of the Oscar game is momentum. And right now, Michelle has the momentum. I think in an ideal world, they would tie, right? Because both of their performances are the reason that those movies are so good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just undeniable. And it breaks my heart that Tar could potentially go away empty-handed because it was so good and both of them are so good for such different reasons. Um, but yeah, right now, I'm going to go with the momentum and, and pick Michelle uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, I, I will say I was very torn on this. 
all week I was actually in Camp Michelle Yo, just prediction wise. Um, but I, I was so on the fence. I was like, you know, is this where I, I take a stand? Is this where I predict the quote unquote upset? Um, and that being said, really a key factor in changing my mind earlier today, I keep going back to him, but but Ben Zausmer, his model, I actually just want to read what he wrote for this. He says, my jaw hit the floor when I saw my computer produce these numbers. 53% chance for Kate Blanchett, 26% chance for Michelle Yeoh. Now we have to keep in mind, right, this is an equation. It's analytical. It doesn't take into account the concept of momentum um but i i believe in the precursors and the stats and all of that so i'm, I'm going to be different and say cape lanchette but i'll be thrilled for either one of them they're both extremely extremely deserving of it oh it's going to be super close like my it's going to be like a few caught like a hundred votes or something probably yeah do they ever release the they don't really. I the would kill no, that. That would be, would be, stats. Uh, uh, would be so the amazing. only thing I want to see more than the Oscar stats is the original pilot for Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that brings us to our final category, probably actually the the one of the less divisive ones, unlike years past. But best picture, the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water. The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we're all going to predict Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's a very heavy favorite. Um, as we know, in years past, the favorites do not always win. There's been a, a lot of... Um, underdogs winning in in just the last five years alone if you looked at it purely the betting odds right parasite was an underdog green book was an underdog coda was an underdog not to the extent of this everything everywhere all once is a very heavy freight uh favorite all things considered um but because of that i i i think the question for us in this category is less what's going to win but sort of as a like a tiebreaker question if something is going to upset everything everywhere all at once if that happens what film do you predict it is now i know the odds makers have uh all quiet on the western front as the runner up but much like my director prediction i'm gonna say if there is someone gonna play spoiler alert i think it's gonna be tar because, yeah, well, my, my logic behind it is um, Tar is the only film um, that have director and editing nominations to go with it, which is sort of like a predictor for Best Picture Success. Tar and Banshees are the only two films. Tar is one of the most widely nominated films this entire award season despite not necessarily having the wins to back it up i think there's like a lot of broad support with tar and with the preferential ballot i can see it possibly playing upset alert here um so we'll see yeah i mean i think the 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 reason i'm so confident about 
everything everywhere winning is because it won the pga which is also a preferential ballot versus every so and more conservative voting block than the academy is the the pga is um so the fact that it won there in a preferential ballot is what put me over the head because i think everything everywhere everything everywhere all at once is a little bit more of a um i don't want to say divisive it's just so out there that if it wasn't going to win on the first round of voting, then it wasn't going to win. But clearly it can. Like, clearly enough people love it that it's winning like on the first round. But if there was a spoiler, it would have to be something that would be much more consensus. All Quiet, clearly everybody is really into it. Like All the international voters probably would all pick it very high unless they all love Triangle of Sadness. Um, so... I'm going to go Top Gun because I think that that's like what a lot of people are putting very high as a kind of like, not a joke, but like, yeah, I really liked this. It's like, it saved cinema. Um, also, real quick, let me just issue a correction. Banshees of Inishirin is actually the odds makers runner up, All Quiet in third. Although I've seen, I feel like more experts predicting All Quiet as the, the runner up. I think that I would say All Quiet there. over banshees yeah. i cannot um, have yeah, based on the bafta picture this year i can't i'm so close to winning this long-term bet i can't let them win this year can't let what netflix win. i did message you like can you imagine like this movie they put like no money into it first like winning yeah i think if netflix wins the best picture this year it doesn't count as a win <laughs> um no i i see top gun maverick winning in a world but the fact that it didn't win the pga i think I I'm I don't think there is gonna be a spoiler and I okay well that's this is what if land okay fine this is what if land you gotta pick one what if land is my Top Gun Maverick but okay I just well when Tar wins I'm gonna look like <laughs> you a genius. should you should take so much credit <laughs> if Tar I just, wins I'll be so happy for you can we just take a moment <laughs> so will my wallet <laughs> over oh not over a year ago but almost a year ago everything ever all once came out and we're all like oh wow what a great funny zany movie it's never gonna yeah. get nominated and it's just, i'm just so overjoyed that it is a front runner like i will be genuinely devastated if it doesn't win now because i'm just so sure about it but i'm mainly just so like this is what oscar season is all about y'all like we never thought it would be this good and now look at it it's it's gonna win everything i might be biting my words in a week but i'm i'm genuinely can't stop smiling about it i will say part of me is a little torn about it because i i love this film i think it's a very worthy best picture winner it's unlike anything i've ever seen and i i think it's great sort of um the the diversity it brings to the oscars and it really shows that maybe yes maybe no but things are are at least in some way changing a little bit the reason why i am so torn is not that it's winning best picture or best director or any other awards it's the how many i think it could win just because there's so many films this year that I loved that I can't separate them. Like, if you ask me to name my five favorite films this year, that list could change every single week. So, part of me is a little sad that that a lot of these other great films, like we said, like Tar could go home empty-handed, right? Banshees should could go home empty-handed. Fablemans, there's so many. I, I would have loved to see the love spread in the smaller awards, right? The ones that, like 
if everything everywhere all at once doesn't win editing it's not the end of the world you know but um very excited that that it's going to win best picture until that tar upset (laughs) but that's for another day no i think that's fair i always love when things are spread around all right any final comments before we close out this pod how many over under how many references to the will smith slap will there be I think at least two, right? So should the over-under be 2.5? There has to be, yeah. I wonder if it should be higher than that. But honestly, more than that is almost like, okay, come on, stop making the same joke. They have to mention it and then, like, move on. And honestly, like, Jimmy Kimmel is kind of, like... I genuinely forgot Jimmy Kimmel was hosting. I was going to say he's well-suited to it, and then I was like, no, he's, like, a super white dude, so... But he he handled the La La Land Moonlight situation well, so... I like... I like Jimmy Kimmel. Let me just say, not anyone can host the Oscars. The people that are good at hosting the Oscars are stand-up comics or um, people that are good at improv. You need a background in improv. You can't, like, that's why Neil Patrick Harris sucked. Because you can't go up there and have a script. You can't be a theater actor. They get, like, flustered. You have to be, like, funny in, like, random ways and have a big have a big writer's room, right? (laughs) Of, like, funny people that, like, write you one-liners. So... I think Jimmy Kimmel will be fine. I don't mind that he's hosting, and people need to stop saying, like, Tom Holland will be a good host. Like, shut up. He doesn't want to host. Like, he would stop not it. Be. Yeah, he would, he would cry on the stage. <laughs> I'm I'm going to predict under on the 2.5 slap Ooh. mentions. Well, only because, like, I think Jimmy Kimmel mentions it. Probably mentions it early. But then, like, who else? Like, are they going to, like, is some random presenter going to be like, That's yeah, let me, let me mention this slap. Somebody going to work the slap into, like, uh, a, a thank you speech? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like Jimmy Kimmel mentions it and moves on. So I'm going to go under on, on the slaps, on the slap mention. Hopefully there's zero slaps again, but they would kind of be epic at the same time. I, I think they should slap every person that goes on the stage just a little that's just a light so little love touch, but just <laughs> no. I think it's instead of playing them off, just walk up and <laughs> slap them off the stage. All right, let's wrap things up there, Jesse. Thank you for coming back. We love having you on the Oscars pods. Um, let people know where they can find you on the internet. Oh yeah, no, I love talking about this with you guys. It was so much fun. Um, you can find me on Instagram at book Jesse is better. I talk about books mostly. I'll probably talk about this show though. Um, I'm also on Letterbox. Uh, I think it's Jess underscore two underscore kill. Um, and I can rant about the Fablemans with me. or not the Fablemans. Oh yeah, I love talking talk about the Fablemans. How good it is. We can rant about Babylon <laughs> together. Okay, now I'm done. Oh, well, I thought you were going to cue me. I was Sorry, Mike, sorry. where can people find you on the internet? Thank when you. When slap you across the face. Yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> Look, I just had a very arduous night of hosting the metaphorical <laughs> o- chaos on the set Oscars, okay? I know. Look how, like, nice he looks. <laughs> I know. You. I'm very impressed by how nice he looks. Um, you can... Nobody else can see it, though. Yeah. Well, you could tweet it out. Uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd at mricardi and um, read about how much I hate Babylon. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Mike Woo. underscore Riccardi and read my tweets about Babylon. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Twitter at Mike Romante. You can find me on Letterboxd at Shruti Marante. And you can follow the podcast. Maybe you'll be tweeting out the night of the Oscars, probably, or I will be at Mike Romante. But check out the podcast Twitter anyway. It's at Chaos on the Set. We're also on Instagram and Letterboxd. On all three, we are at Chaos on the Set.